Hey, Paul, congratulations on your son uh, being at an opera. That's a big deal. Um, I'm f- sorry we won't be able to hear it, but that is, uh, that's amazing. That was amazing. It's been a long time since I called into your station on uh, Anchor 2.0, but heard that. Hopefully you enjoyed your flight. Um, your son's performance goes well, or has gone well. So I believe it's actually fairly late over there now. And um, yeah, congratulations, man. It's awesome. Awesome news. Hi, Paul. I am a little late in responding to your call-in from yesterday. Luckily, I think I caught the two segments you put about your son. Uh, They are going to expire soon. They are marked as 23 hours. And the 24 hours time bomb is going to put them into the ether. So I'm so glad that I caught them. I copied them to my station, giving them a renewed life for another 24 hours. I'm sure you're going to put them in an episode if you didn't do that yet. And uh, thank you for calling my attention to that. I gave you a more lengthy response on my on my station. I hope you will take the time to listen to it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey Paul, I'm really curious to find out how the opera went. Was your son, is he a singer in the opera or is he an actor in the opera? And I don't know the opera, Irma. Is it a new opera? I don't know a ton about opera. I mean, I know some. I love opera. But I'd like to hear how it went. Um, hope you're well. Hope your brain has kicked in. <laughs> and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Dr. New saying I would love to hear anything that you've got of your son uh, uh, singing in the opera and anything that you can give us. We would, I'm sure that everyone else would love to hear it too. Uh, You must be so proud. Um, That's fantastic. Culture time, culture time, this is a sign, you can be mine. You can sing, you can paint, you can sculpt, you can make, you can write, you'll be right, that'll be fine, oh culture time. Well, welcome to culture time today, coming from Peckham in London. And we've just come out of an experience, and I'm with two guys here, and I want them to introduce themselves, and I want them to say what part they played in the experience. Now, this is culture, but wait till you hear what it's all about. Let me go across to the guy across the table from me. I'm Benjamin Omani. Uh, oh, sorry, I play Grenville in uh, The Experience of Irma. Right, and the other man here is? Eating. Who's actually eating... Uh, eating pizza. Pizza. My yeah. name is, is Francis Brett. And I was in the so-called Nopera of Irma by Tom Phillips. And I was playing the role of one of three art inspectors in uniform, illuminated. 
Now you you're probably thinking since he mentioned an opera that it was a it was a conventional thing where there were people having arias and there was an orchestra and there was a score but I can tell you that this was so strange that Tom Phillips who wrote it didn't actually write a note of music he wrote a whole load of images okay ben what did you do in the experience tonight T- tell people about what tell people about the opera first of all a little summary in some way like you know one minute or so about the story and then we'll talk about the what it was like to do it <laughs> i think um trying to distill down a story is probably one of the hardest things to describe um if you were to pin it to a story i guess it is about a victorian artist and or writer who is becomes obsessed by a young woman whom he believes will become his muse only for her to fall from grace in his eyes him to develop an obsessional jealousy and to in some way harm her and then the whole piece runs in reverse and runs back through that so i guess if there was a sense of story that's the closest that you could maybe get to clinging to some kind of narrative but it's not a narrative driven piece if that makes any sense well whatever sense it makes it certainly sounds a bit macabre now the man on my left here did everything to relieve the macabre tone of the evening didn't you well so i was one of these three art inspectors and were sort of mannequin-esque and fairly unemotional and we uh, walk around re- re- looking at art writing down being very judgmental in fact um, but quite dis- was that a clipboard you were carrying it was a clipboard and we had uh, all of our criteria we- <laughs> yes all the information we needed which we'd actually written ourselves which we'd uh, whittled down from maybe five or six uh, sort of pieces of A4 down to some one usable sort of score that we'd, we'd written in pencil and we'd changed it during the process of of, uh, of writing this piece. But um, uh, I'm glad to hear that we provided some slightly light relief from a, uh, from a somber and, and slightly sort of poignant piece. Um, uh, just uh, to sort of break it up a bit and uh, I, we were he- heavily made up and um, uh, in these in these suits with with makeup and uh, it was great fun I very much enjoyed it well guys usually in opera it's at the end when the hero or heroine dies right the equivalent of a uh, you know a bullet shooting you in the head or something like that in this particular case when did the when did you fire the gun ben halfway through the piece um yeah so after that you're kind of screwed you're like well what's going to happen um no it's it's a it's a palindrome which is something that runs forward and then comes to a point and runs back so it's the same forward as it is backwards there are some um, words by the way better explain it there are some words that are palindromes they're spelt the same way forward as backwards mm. I'm trying to desperately to remember one word like that at the moment myself but you might have them on the tip of your tongue and even if you don't there are names this <laughs> okay oh, okay anyway look you fired Anna, a gun Anna is a palindrome Alan, name Anna, Anna, yeah, Anna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway you fired a gun yes but you missed anybody did you well, I mean, 
that interpretation is just the point is it doesn't it doesn't cling to a narrative in that way in the sense of whether he kills her whether Grenville this obsessed writer kills Irma this muse-like creature is kind of immaterial um, to me at least because the gunshot when the bullet leaves the gun that is as far along the narrative that we go and then time begins to move backwards um, and so for me imaginatively and it may n- never come across to anyone but it, it may it from the moment the piece begins within the reality of it this event has happened or it hasn't maybe it's a fantasy but it's happened at least in some way in some way that's real for this man and it runs forward and it's almost like an obsession it's an obsession running over and over the same material so it runs forward and then it comes backwards and it, and in many ways it would continue to run forward and backwards forward and backwards forward and backwards and becomes this obsessional loop that Actually, I think the whole thing, which took 60 minutes, could have actually, it could have been a second act, which was a repeat of the first act, without any problem at all. Francis, I want to ask you one thing. Yes. The only character on stage who didn't sing a note is my son, Benjamin Omani, right? (laughs) So some people would say, he had a doddle of a job, right? You as a singer, as a, all your movement was totally choreographed, you were in a, uh, a troupe of three... I think I think our role was in fact fairly straightforward. We were given uh, things which we expected to, to sing. We, we made the most out of it. I think Ben was the joint lead role with Irma, and in fact had one of one of the harder jobs, which was was to be this this actor amidst all this um, music and. And uh, I don't know if he was meant to interact with Irma so much, or maybe be quite detached. But um, but I, I was. We, I think we all had equal sort of equal sort of uh, roles within this within this did, play. Guys, let me ask you: Did Irma exist, or was Irma a figment of his imagination? It's it's, um, it's, it's Tom Phillips's imagination, isn't it? And you know, and all these. Um, I think she definitely existed in, in his imagination as some sort of 1960s object of, you know, an unachievable desire, which I quite like. I quite like that. Mm. Yeah. Who was it in the 60s then who was an un, uh, unachievable... Someone like Twiggy. She looked... You know, Jean Shimplin, you know, she looked amazing. And she was done up, 1960s dress... Mm. The hair took 45 minutes to do. It was wonderful. Yeah. She never wore the um, uh, Josephine Stevenson, who played the role of Irma, had never worn heels before, so she had to like, learn how to wear these things. And, um, and she went around in bare feet. At one point, when we did a waltz scene. Now, this was interesting, because so during the rehearsal process, we only had four days to do it, uh, we got to a waltz scene. And, uh, Sorry, we, you just said you had four days to rehearse an opera. We, we did, we did. We created this in four days. Some of the work had been done before by the musical director and the director and by the composer, the uh, the artist who wrote it, Tom Phillips. However, we it's very much uh, different every time. You have to make it up as you go along. So we got to a, the scene where there's a waltz and we were asked, do you know how to waltz? And we all said, no, not really. <laughs> Especially Josephine, who'd never done a waltz. 
and she was told she would have to do it in heels and she was extremely worried about this and um, I was like well just take them off take the heels off it's much easier if you're going to be going you know dancing around so anyway she had them in her hands at one point she had to drunkenly flirt with one of the art instructors wrapped her arms around me whacked me in the face with one of the heels and so you know I had to stand there mannequin-esque and not respond taking it taking it <laughs> taking a heel in the face for my art wow 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 were you tempted at any point uh, Grenville Ben to uh, make a gr- a grab for her do a trump on her um, no, no, no. Allowed, I don't. I don't. Think you were that not that's allowed that to touch her. Um, no, because I. I mean. The whole point. She's unachievable. Yeah, she's unachievable. She's unattainable. She's she. It, I mean, look. It's a. He's a slightly, but unfortunately, a slightly pathetic model of a man. Not as an individual, but as as if this is the only context that we see him in, is that he. He falls in love with this idea of someone and then that idea becomes material in some way and therefore becomes disappointing and becomes finite and becomes flesh. And that is ugly and inconsistent and that is a very sad probably very adolescent stage to find yourself and I think in many ways Grenville is a man who is stuck in this terrible cycle of adolescent disappointment the sort of Victorian model of it yeah and there's something very held and something very now now, because we're on a show called Culture Time right and we just have time for one more little fragment of conversation here I want to ask you a really trite question Right. Was that culture? Of course, it was culture. I think it was. It was many aspects of culture brought together in one room. Multimedia, uh, the the best way of expressing emotion and and a story that I think that I I taken part in recently, and I I think it was a was very successful. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a whole group of performers from different disciplines and different cultures of behavior and like so there are things for me as an actor that comes from a very different language or culture i guess i'm just trying to somehow axle grind those two forms together those two words together at least but yeah i i think yeah it was it was culture yes it definitely was because it dealt with that it dealt with emotions feelings thoughts human expressions in an abstract form which i think is probably some Thing about the nature of culture that we need to deal with it in some type of abstract way to get to a universal truth or of some type. The word that comes to my mind is that it was a wonderful sublimation. Yes, I, I you know, I, I, I think it was abstract, but it, in some ways, wasn't. It had its constraints, which you need with abstraction, don't you? You need so it was all framed within an, one hour, one hour, exactly. And it had performers from, as you say, all different backgrounds. Of uh, you as an artist, we had two vocal artists, three. Is it still going? <laughs> yeah, oh, we're still going. We have a, we have just enough time for everybody to wrap up. Uh, th- three, three singers who, um, who normally 
do classical singing, but but also very okay with with modern music. Uh, we had some wonderful instrumentalists, a very fine piano player, and all within the framework of exactly one hour, thirty minutes forwards, thirty minutes backwards, six scenes repeated. Uh, I just think it's wonderful culture in, in every way. So, uh, guys, I really want to congratulate you both. I'm cutting you off at the chase, but tell me, who should definitely get a mention in this? You know, who should definitely be mentioned so that anybody listening to this will be able, in some way, to understand the extraordinary. I presume Tom Phillips is the first point. Yes, this is the summation of a, a life's work. He's been working on this. The, the humorment for 50 years and he's been you know tinkering with it and changing it and and it's been first performed in 1969 i think yeah. or oh, i may be wrong about that but uh, so who else should get mentioned so in your Tom, view Anisha, Anisha jones who is the, the, the director who did an absolutely wonderful job with the the multimedia <laughs> um and really got us up to speed in the time in so much yeah well look um francis Francis Fresh, I, I want to thank you ever so much. Benjamin Omani, in your absence, because you're talking to other members here, I want to thank you very much for your contribution to Culture Time and congratulations on your performance this evening. Thank, thank you. you. Join us every single day of the week in Wave Radio, your most empathic internet radio station. Thank you very much for your company. This is Paul Omani. My son Ben is performing in an opera tonight. It's the second night, the last night of the performance of an opera called Irma. I it's an opera by Tom Phillips, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. And I'm in the South London Gallery in the cafe before the performance and I think I'm being called very soon to go and take my seat. Now, in 1966, there's an amazing story behind this. In 1966, Tom Phillips uh, went and, and bought a book in Peckham Rye, a novel, a Victorian novel. And from working on the, that book, he produced an opera. If you go to the trouble of looking up the score for this opera, what you'll find is a whole load of images. Now, I won't go into the technicality of it, but two things I'd like to say. One is, as soon as I heard that my son Benjamin Oman is going to be in an opera, without the slightest hesitation, I said, well, I have to be there. And the reason has to do with the fact that I became totally hooked on opera in 1975, and uh, opera has been such a huge part of my entire life that it's an amazing experience to discover that your son is going to be in an opera. Can I exaggerate the extent that I almost felt that some power had done something? To create a situation where I and Cork, my son living in London, uh, should be, find ourselves in the same theatre at the same night, me in the audience, him in the stage. I haven't a clue what the story is. I haven't a clue what the story is. I have heard a tiny bit of the music on YouTube 
and I hope after the performance this evening to be able to talk with my son about this opera. And the conversation between us will become the basis of Wave Radio and Show Culture Prime, which will be released to the public as a podcast tomorrow. So with no more ado, the first uh, performance by the way, the opera was first um, recorded, the first performed in Bordeaux in 1970, right? In the Bordeaux Festival. First performed in 1970, first recorded in 1977. It was performed in the Serpentine Gallery in 1986. A CD of it was made in 1988 and released on Obscure Records. And I bought that. I bought a CD anyway of the opera which hasn't yet arrived. So there it is. The opera is human. Amazing coincidence that it should be so contemporary. And uh, there we are. I've never ever seen an opera like this, it, it, it's got to be really strange, and we'll see what it's like. Anyway, I'll be back with a post-performance uh, report at some stage. Not necessarily this evening, though. Irma, starring, among other people, Benjamin Omani, who has a speaking part, not a singing part. Oh good, I discovered that I have some more time to say something about Irma and Opera, Opus 12b by Tom Phillips, before it starts, and my son Ben, there are other people in the opera by the way, other people in the opera, but uh, I'm going to tell you the story now of the opera, I'm going to read it to you basically, I'll perform it to you from the program, so Tom Phillips, the, his Irma is drawn from a humament, H-U-M-U-M-E-N-T, not a word I know, from a humament, his most celebrated artwork, intricately created from the pages of a Victorian novel bought in Peckham Rye in 1966. A humament originated from the idea that Phillips would alter every page of the first book he found for Thruppence to create an entirely new work. The transformation of W.H. Mallock's 1893 novel, A Human Document, into a humament became Philip's magnum opus. Constantly reworked and reimagined, exhibited and published many times. In 1969, Phillips created Irma, an experimental opera inspired by and gathered from a humament. Its single-page visual and textural score, wow, its single-page visual and textural score was first published in Henri Chopin's groundbreaking magazine, OU. I know nothing about that magazine, by the way. I guess it would be found on Google. Comprising prose directions, sound vocabulary, performance suggestions, and a group of melodies. Realization of the opera involves the piecing together of these fragments into a performable work. Now, if I tell you that you've got a page of writing and you've got a little example given here, 
The only words on this page that are blocked out are music felt the second repeated tone of welcome. Really like avant-garde poetry, isn't it? With a humament nearing completion after 50 years, Phillips, Tom Phillips, has extended the early Irma score, Opus 12, into a more expansive new work, Opus 12b. The new score retains the experimental and chance nature of the original, but expands the content from a humament into a 120-page score, in inverted commas. Although described as a nopera, or anti-opera. Irma is the perfect crystallization of the genre in poetic, beautiful and enigmatic miniature form. There's a mouthful. Perfect crystallization of the genre in poetic, beautiful and enigmatic miniature form. I'm trying to read all of this to you. All of the material in this performance of Irma has been found in some form in the new score, Opus 12b, with occasional reference to a humorment and other Tom Phillips artworks. It takes the form of a palindrome. And that thing, that's that word that's spelled the same way forward as backward, I think. I think that's what it is. It takes the form of a palindrome in six time-based scenes, which are then reversed after a dramatic climax. The protagonist, Grenville, my son is playing Grenville, and the object of his desire and frustration, Irma, are the central characters in both a humorment and Irma. Oh wow, so Ben has a, a big part. Toge, here voiced by Tom Phillips, and the nurse create parallel scenes with a commentary supplied by a chorus of art officers in uniform. A little uh, example of the text. Difference, change, change to actual hardness, music. Fragments of text, music and sound are woven together into the various scenes required by the opera. A drinking scene, a dance sequence, a tragic scene, a love scene. Sound and visual references from the score include the moon landing on the day Irma was first completed. Yeah, I was in Los Angeles that day, or Orange County to be exact. His musical collage, Lesbia Waltz, nods to Wagner, Beethoven and popular music. Small Woods, piano tutor and other Phillips artworks include a TV Dante, iconic movies and scenes from London. Okay guys, that's it. Well, I didn't write any of that, and I'm not criticizing it, but I really am looking forward to this performance of Irma. Thanks very much for listening.